1: everyone and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for the Endeavor Aviation Group. Airline relations is one of the most important aspects of airport leadership. These entities have separate goals, challenges, and needs, but the symbiotic nature of their existence means leaders from both airlines and airports need to work together through challenges, disagreements, and overall vision in order to come up with the solutions that work for everyone. As one of the biggest domestic market shareholders in North America, Southwest Airlines balances relationships with airport leaders from markets of all sizes and different goals for their facilities. I recently had an opportunity to talk with Steve Cisternos, Vice President of Airport Affairs for Southwest Airlines about airline relations, the success a good program can bring, and some real life examples of where the airline has seen mutual growth with their airport partners. All right, Steve. Well, thank you very much for taking a few minutes to speak with me today on this topic. So I guess the first question I had for you is tell me a little bit of an overview of the importance of the strong business relationships between airlines and airports out there.
0: Boy, well, that's a great question, but that's think, the foundation between uh, everything we try to do um, across the industry at our airports. So just the unique nature of how the U.S. model is set up with um Kind of over federal control um through regulatory compliance with our airports but yet they're all locally owned assets so whether it be a city or municipally run airport or a county port authority or, or even an authority is set up uh, separately um the unique structure of how the airport sponsors are set up makes makes the relationships different from one airport to another and so our team at airport fairs, um, our subject matter experts, have a portfolio of airports, and they serve as the company's um, primary corporate contact with that airport to deal with both um, you know, the lease agreements, rates and charges, methodologies, um, operational issues, to, to see, and to secure what we need for our commercial activity at our airport. So building those relationships And um, being present with our airport partners is critical to uh, be able to achieve those needs for both the airport as well as for for, for Southwest, especially in places where we're big. Mm
1: -hmm. And I gotta imagine there's gotta be a lot of uh, unique challenges to some of these markets given the size of something like Southwest Airlines. But tell me, what are some of the typical challenges that an airline like yours can face when establishing and maintaining relationships with an airport? So coming through the
0: pandemic, we're dealing with really two main uh, challenges with our airport partners. One is, is that airports in the United States are going through a renaissance of, uh, of replacing infrastructure or building new infrastructure. So many, as you know, uh, Joe, many um, facilities were built, 60s, 70s, and 80s. The, the, the business model or the customer experience expectations for our customers, it's just it's, it's just changed. And so we understand the need for many of our airports to replace that aging infrastructure or to build new capacity. The challenge is that they're all doing it at the same time, at least through this decade. If you look out through 20, 32, most if not all of our largest airports are going through some form of capital development. And the other challenge to that is, is the fact that they're not in the hundreds of millions or the new, it's over a billion. And so while we need these things for our customers, we need these things for our, for our growth and our com- future commercial activity, they come in a high price tag. And therein lies the other challenge, which is coming out of the pandemic, material, labor, and cost escalation has really um, hit hard um, from a rates and charges policy. If you look back on um, just to operate a maintenance budget, just the O&M piece with our airports, going back to 2019, some airports have had O&M increases above 75%, if you look back. And, you know, traditionally, pre-covid, you know, airports that really did a good job maintaining their annual budget. If you had less than 10% increase in O&M, you're dealing with contractual wage increases, you're dealing with, you know, renewing and replacement within regard to the facilities, keeping the place clean and up to date. That was pretty common. Most of our airports were really under that 10%. Now that's the exception, and so we're working really hard with our airports to drive the O and M back down, because these double-digit, significantly double-digit increases in operating maintenance budget, operating maintenance budgets are is unsustainable in the long term. So, so that's a big challenge my team is
1: engaged with with our airport partners. And there's definitely a lot of cl- of. Growth that you like you mentioned as far as these airports. Speaking personally, having gone through both Harry Reid and Kansas City in the last uh, two weeks, uh, I definitely see what you're talking about with large Southwest hubs and the amount of construction you're dealing with. So, I got to imagine collaboration has got to be a key issue for an airline when it comes to navigating uh, its relationship with these airports. So tell me, how do you navigate the collaboration dynamics between an airline and an airport, given they are separate entities with different priorities? Certainly. So
0: we, I think Southwest has been a leader when it comes to sort of doing something new um, with our airport partners with Capital Development, and you brought up Kansas City as an example. So if you look back at the history of that project, it stretched back 10, 12 years. It was a very complicated process to get that that moving. There was a perspective within the local community. And this is where you say, you know, we always use a tired, but I think true slogan when we say, when you've seen one airport, you've seen one airport. And I get asked all the time, what does that really mean? And it really has to do with the airport sponsor and therefore the local community that makes it unique. So in Kansas City's case, you had a local population that had a perspective that the, that the airport was convenient because of the proximity of drop, curbside drop-off and 75 feet to the gate. Um, it wasn't, there weren't your traditional long walks to concourses and so on. So there was also a perspective in the city that because it was a city-owned asset, that any money spent at the airport would affect the city budget. In other words, if I spend a billion dollars on an airport, I'm not going to get my trash picked up, or I'm not going to get the potholes fixed in the community. So those were two issues that we found were interesting that were what we had to we had to work with our airport to to educate the community. So obviously the city, the airport's an enterprise fund and receives AIP grants and has to follow all the grant assurances. So no city dollars obviously would be used, um, or general tax revenue would be used to fund it. And the other piece was convincing the community that they needed, that something was new. And we, and we came to the conclusion, not just Southwest, but the airlines collectively came to the conclusion that something new had to be done. So with that, once we agreed on what it was, we worked with the airport under the lease agreement where the airlines secured strong voting rights, not simply an MII, a majority in interest, but we were actually embedded into the project. We have a lot of experience leading capital around the country. And so we inserted ourselves in the project team and we had approvals, or should I say co-approvals, with the city on budget, on scope, on change orders. And so while it was a publicly run project, meaning the city of Kansas City ran ran the project, we were embedded into it. And it was probably one of the first of its kind anywhere I've seen in my career where the airlines had a vote through the the entire project. And ultimately it was successful. $1.5 billion, it came in on time and on budget. Um, we had some challenging conversations with the city when the pandemic struck because the project was underway. But that's an example of what we're trying to emulate around the country. So as airports where Southwest is big and they um, are contemplating large capital development in the buildings, we're having we're in negotiations on how can we re- replicate that business model within the lease agreement to give us a strong voice and bring value, frankly, and bring value to the project.
1: And I know that Aviation is such a dynamic industry overall, especially the time we're in right now. Um, It's not just about the shiny new buildings in a lot of cases. It also has a lot to do with the technology and even the regulations that are changing the industry. So tell me from an airline perspective, how can you work with a partner like an airport to be able to tackle these technology upgrades and then also, you know, any kind of regulatory changes that might be coming along the pike?
0: Well, that there that's a tension that we're dealing with from our customer, I'll just use our customer experience team. So our customer experience team, the world's changing. There are expectations that customers have on what they would expect within the airport. There's expectations on the aircraft, for example, and what all the investments Southwest is making on the in-flight experience. And so things that... You know, your normal airline properties, individuals would push back on as grandiose or excessive, are now considered utility. They're 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 part of the day to day experience of traveling with an airport. So, but however, you know, their airports um, have to respond to their community, and we recognize that they're the front door for many people coming into town, and they're also the last thing people see when they leave town. So, we recognize that we have a role to play in working with our airport partners on that. But I'm you know I'm not gonna. Um, say it's rainbows and sunshine all the time. We get into honest disagreements with our airports on what they're going to spend and what they're going to try to implement and what they're going to charge us. So, But that's normal. That's part of the business, and that's okay. If you have a strong relationship with your airport partners, you can have frank and honest conversations. and, And I would say all of our airports, we have those conversations, and they come to us and they talk through it, what they're trying to do, and where do we come to some understanding of what we're willing to invest in.
1: That's an interesting point you bring up, Uh, you know, it's not always rainbows and sunshine and of course, there's a lot of challenges that can go into that. You know, a lot of the public facing uh, when it comes to airline airports might be a ribbon cutting or a cake for a new route, but they don't see the actual back end in a lot of cases as to what goes into making some of these things happen. So my question is for you is what communication strategies and coordination mechanisms are crucial for a successful collaboration between an airline and an airport?
0: You know, it it all comes down to the relationship and building that relationship early and being present. So there's a phrase I like to use with my team. I say the only way to build relationships is to actually go there and build the relationship. You can't really do this over the phone. And so to be present during these conversations, and I don't think people really understand outside the aviation industry how how hard it is, how these projects are really challenging because what you're doing is you're building things in the, middle, in the middle of a moving of a moving operation so you know how does an airport construct major uh, develop a major project and not impact severely an operation so can you live through the surgery of a, of a facility expansion and these are really complicated and they're really hard and also from the business standpoint some of these business deals we put together how they're financed all the different financing levers um, are hard and and you know these aren't easy things but that's part of the love and passion the team has is that because they're hard because they're challenging you get into these negotiations that sometimes take years to accomplish you know for example southwest is leading is going to be leading the construction of concourse 0 at LAX we have a strong track record of leading terminal projects in LA we did terminal 1 modernization we built 1.5 terminal 1.5 that's a billion dollars that we built on behalf of LAWA. And now we're um, we just signed, and um, the city council passed the ground lease for Concourse Zero. I w- I mean I'm, my mat- my time rate may be off, Joe, but it, it four or five years it probably took to negotiate that deal. Now keep in mind um, we had a big pause in 2020, and 2021 because of the pandemic, but um, but it's co- it's a complicated and very interesting deal and in how it was put together. But it just took time, and so. But that's some of the love that the people my team have, is that they just get, they roll their sleeves up, they work with the airport, and collectively, through the airport leadership, they were committed to getting a deal, we were committed to getting a deal, and we finally did it. So um, that's where the partnership, when things get hard, where the partnership really comes into play, that you can get together, get in the room, roll up your sleeves, and come to an understanding to get a deal.
1: So if you're an airport executive that's getting into this, obviously there's a lot of stakeholders involved and a lot of interests. And we touched on collaboration before. But how do you strike that balance between the interest in the airline and the goals of the airport to create a mutually beneficial relationship?
0: Well, sometimes there's a tension there, sometimes that we don't agree. And that's OK. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, throughout my career, there's been there's been projects that we have opposed that airports have proceeded on. Um, you know and so i think the key is having to get in as early as you can you know sometimes if it, it, it rubs the carriers um, you know things are have advanced to some degree and we get brought into it it, it creates a, it creates some problems with regards to the relationship but but i think our team has worked hard on that they're starting to really we i think we've turned the corner over the last few years where they're really coming to us early they're coming to us and saying, "We need your help. We need your support. How do we move this forward? What's best for Southwest? How do we design this to meet your expectations and your customers?" Um, so I think, you know, if I if you were asking me this question five, ten years ago, I think I may have given a different answer. Today, especially coming through the pandemic, I think the pandemic got us closer. It meaning that we we were in this ecosystem where passengers disappeared. Um, and we were asking things of our airport partners in 2020 and 2021 that we had never done. And so and, and by and large they all came through. You know, the COVID grants, three relief packages coming out of Congress. Um, we worked hard with our airports to put those dollars in the right spots from a um, from a cost center and airline cost center perspective that saved us substantial dollars to get, and just to get us through the pandemic. So I would argue that coming through uh, COVID, we've been closer than we were prior, and that's made us more dependable on each other, that we recognize we're part of an ecosystem, and that we're better when we work together, but recognizing that sometimes there may be some differences of opinion, and that's okay. Mm -hmm.
1: And with those differences of opinions, tell me some of the insights into the negotiation skills that are essential for building successful partnership in the aviation industry.
0: So from our standpoint, you know, obviously spending time to build a relationship. Um, and it's just it's from two different aspects. So it's the it's the, the CEO of the airport, or the airport director and their staff. But it's also our local operation. So, you know, we need our people, my team need to be experts on how the operation works. So how does a customer, if they go from curb, curbside to traveling, to bad claim, that they understand every square footage of that facility and are experts of how that process works and how the operation works. So they build those relationships with our local station leaders, our general managers and their teams so that they serve as a resource to our local folks when they need something that has to do with the airport. Um, The other is, is that I'm a big believer in my team becoming experts in airport finance and all the levers that are used to fund uh, airport capital, so I encourage them, or have encouraged them, to they they, they, they are privy, or they are um, well versed in the bond documents when an airport goes to market. They understand what it um, you know, reading the official statements, being part of the conversations when an airport does go to market. Sometimes we get pulled into the interviews process when an airport goes to do their roadshow with the rating agencies, but understanding those levers is critical. To negotiating the business deals, and so I think um, I'm proud of the team over the years. They've taken a lot of time to really understand all those levers, and become air and become true experts in airport finance. Because you can't negotiate a, a really win a win-win on a business deal without understanding all those different levers, um, and then you just be patient. You have to understand that these things take time. But you also have. When we're chair of an airport affairs committee, you know, you have other airlines that may have different interests and that's normal across the industry. So you're trying to get garner their opinions on the other carrier side while you're negotiating a capital project with an airport. So there's a lot of different stakeholders to involve in the process. And that's that's one of the reasons why these things take a while.
1: And speaking of stakeholders and, you know, complex negotiations, we were talking a little bit about the technology advancements that have hit the industry in recent years specifically. Uh, can you example of how does Southwest leverage this technology to enhance its relationship with airports and improve operational efficiency? Well, I mean, I
0: would, I would say that from a, from a relationship standpoint and working with our airports, some of the things that have come out of, just top of mind, some of the things that come out of COVID um, have allowed us to be more connected with our airports um, than we were before. Um, sort of like the, the the medium I'm using to talk to you today. Um, and um, I know with our airport partners, they're also um, from a technology standpoint, they're they're looking to make investments to to add more flexibility at the airports. Um, flexibility has always been um, a concern to ours from the airline side because when an airport talks about flexibility, that usually means higher cost. But we understand some of the reasons behind it because once some of capital development is done that might be the limit of what they can build the airfield is only so big their terminal layout is only so big so they want to maximize the efficiencies within their facility so we've we've done um, a sea change in our philosophy on how we recognize and understand some of those pressures that an airport may try to implement however um, that sometimes comes into tension with how Southwest runs its business. And what I mean by that is, is that um, in many of our places, we're running turns per gate higher than any of our competitors, and we have a history of doing that. Even with the higher gauge of aircraft, we're still turning higher. You know, I'll use Las Vegas as an example, where we have 30 gates and we have nearly 270 flights. I mean, that's an average of almost, you know, nine and a half turns a gate. And you're doing that with a fleet of, of half of 800s, eight, which is a 175 seat airplane and the operation is doing it day in and day out. And so having your proprietary systems and having your own ability to to, uh, communicate with your headquarters is important when you have a size of that operation. Um, Interestingly, Vegas has a common use system. So, you know, we are, the airport wanted to do that. And so we are on their platform, but in many cases, we would, we would want our proprietary. So sometimes there's tensions with what an airport may want to do from um, um, improving their technological footprint with what an airline may have, specifically a high utilization airline
1: like Southwest. Now, on top of uh, the service that airports are looking for from the airlines, the big thing they are very concentrated on is passenger experience. Passenger experience. Passenger experience inside their terminal. So, how does a strong relationship with the airport and the airline contribute to a better overall customer experience for the passengers?
0: So, you have what the customer, what the airport will view as sort of their space as an airport. As an air customer comes into the airport. And then, it, but our goals are the same. So what an airline like Southwest will try to do within our hold rooms, for example, how we want to communicate with our customers at our ticket counter, um, you know, we have making sure that our customer has the right signage in place to make sure that they're moving quickly through, through ticket counters to, you know, checking their bags through security checkpoint. So everything that we do is in concert with the airport. There's nothing that we can do at an airport that we just will do on our own. One, it's that business practice to surprise an airport um, and uh, say um, we just installed something that that doesn't that usually doesn't go very well. We want to tell them ahead of time what we're doing. Airports have standards; they want to make sure it fits within the decor of what they what their own facility. And sometimes there's tensions with that, but that those are usually overcome. But But I think where the airports have gone from the customer experience to where the airlines, especially Southwest, I think we're we're, we're together on these things. Um, And we're willing to make the investments to make sure that the customer is informed. Um, You know, one of the things I remember a few years ago when we were rolling out um, uh, communication with our customers through our app, you know, the boarding process, Um, one of the things we pitched to our airport partners was if our customers know that they're going to get a ding when the airplane uh, on their app, uh, through their mobile device that, um, a flight's about to board, they're going to spend a little bit more time. They may not rush. They may want to grab a coffee or, or grab something to eat. Um, you know, cause sometimes I think the American public on the traveling public is used to getting to the gate and just kind of camping out and watching, um, you know, making sure that they have the information if there's delays or weather or irregular operations. But having that proactiveness that Southwest has done in investments and communicating to our customers, they're a little bit freer to um, to, to, to get things they need, which in, in my view, from an airport properties view, is um, adds to the non-airline revenue quotient. They're spending more money at the airport, which ends up helping the airlines. So so I think that we've come a long way in being... Um, a cohesive view between the airports and Southwest on these type of initiatives, um, where years ago I think there was more tension than that. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a lot of different touch points between the airline and airport that isn't just a sea level discussion all the times, it goes all the way down the chain. What kind of training and development programs does Southwest implement to ensure its team has the necessary skills to navigate this complex relationship?
0: So we specifically designed our airport affairs team where um, we have our our individual contributors that have their, um, their airport portfolios, um, where they have somewhere between 10 and 15 airports. And I think what we do intentionally different than some of our peers is that we try to limit the number of airports they have. So look, the business model of Southwest is different than the legacies, but my, my colleagues across the industry, they're... The airport portfolios they have are in, they sometimes have 20, 30, even 40 airports. You know, They have their hubs, but then they have all the feeders. And there's no way you can get to them. There's no physical way you can build relationships at um, all the airports when you have that many to manage. So we specifically design the portfolio so that they're manageable and they're able to build strong relationships at all of them. We give them a portfolio of large and small, So that they have, so that they have, you know, valued work. They have interesting work. They're in complex negotiations. They're dealing with capital development, but they also deal with some of our smaller places and build relationships there. But we specifically assign their leaders to have no city, so their direct reports don't have any city responsibilities, and their sole purpose is to coach and develop those that have the airport portfolios. Which means traveling with them quite a bit. Which means bringing their experience to bear. And you know, we have a, a new person that joined our team. He's a long Southwest veteran, but he came from another department and I'll just use his as an example. I was talking to him yesterday about his new role and how excited he is about to be in airport affairs for Southwest. And I said, give yourself time. I said, give yourself a year, a year and a half. I said, you really have to give yourself a year to year, a year and a half of attending budget meetings and attending these meetings and with your leader because then you'll understand it. If, you, if, you, if there's no way I can expect someone new to this field to jump in and negotiate a lease agreement with the history of it without having the history. So it just takes time. It takes time to understand airport rate methodologies. It takes time to understand how capital development occurs. And so we give them the grace to do that. And that's where their direct um, senior managers travel with them and give them that development and coaching
1: along the way. And speaking of coaching obviously you've been doing this long enough you've seen a lot of things you've been involved with a lot of different challenges between the airport and the airline what are some of the key lessons learned that could benefit uh someone getting into this airport affairs section and build and how to build a successful relationship with their partners
0: you know i got asked i'll use the same person asked me about you know do i do i still like do i still like it and I love it. I love what we do. I love what how we represent. Um, I love the fact that my team is, is uh, you know, I'll be biased here, admittedly biased, that I think they're the best in the industry. And they represent Southwest in the most professional, but yet personal way. And because of that, they build strong relationships across the industry. And, and I want them to have a specific brand. I want them... I want them to have that external reputation, not just within my company, but to have that for them—that they have. A rep, they are building a reputation for themselves; that they are viewed as experts in the industry, and that's that to me is the greatest joy I have. Is the legacy that I'm passing on to my team on building that reputation for them. The they individually, they build that reputation for themselves, and they get to be, be viewed as industry expert. They get invited. To conferences and panels, and and represent Southwest in that professional manner. Um, that's the great joy I have. Is when those when I when I see that happening across the team, that I know that they've they 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 have job satisfaction. They love what they do, and, and they and they represent Southwest in such a way that they get great things done, hard things, really hard things, but they get it done. Um, never happens as fast as we want them to, but it's, it's great to see when they have those successes and they earn that that reputation for themselves from an external standpoint.
1: And my last question for you today, we've talked a lot about the big changes in both technology and relationships and facilities and how the airlines are operating. Considering the evolving landscape of the aviation industry, what future trends do you anticipate in terms of collaboration between airlines and airports?
0: I mean, it, it just has to get stronger. I mean, there's so much capital development on the horizon which is great for a commercial standpoint, but then you have the tension on paying for it all. So we have to work together. And that's what sort of our, my, my direction to the team has been is that we just have to get in early, understand the, the needs, bring our bring all the stakeholders within Southwest to be part of that conversation, not just airport affairs. Um, but it's gonna get more complicated and more challenging because there's, only, there's a finite limit of resources and so that, that to me is what I see is exciting, but it's also a challenge in the years ahead is how to get these things
1: done without breaking the bank. Fantastic. Steve, very fascinating uh, conversation today. Really t- appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and give us a little bit more of an insight into what it takes to make these uh, relationships successful. All right, Joe. Exclusive insights from top leaders in the industry, giving information unavailable anywhere else in the market. I'm Joe Petrie. We'll catch you next time.